Hello, church family. It is good to have you in front of your screen again. I cannot wait until we gather together and we're able to see one another and, and able to worship God together. But let's allow that to happen. Let me pray for you right now. In Jesus' name, I proclaim the protection. I proclaim the healing power of God over you. Father, I thank you that homes are healed, marriages are healed, bodies are healed. I thank you, Lord, for salvation. I thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit just absolutely overwhelms every aspect of our lives. And as we get in the Word of God, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit has indwelled in our lives that we can hear and know the truth. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Easter season has passed, but we're still in our homes. But not the power of God and the truth of the celebration of the risen Lord. We showed you what Christ did for humanity. We gave you the full picture of what Jesus did that special Sunday, Easter Sunday. We learned that you can touch God. You can have a personal relationship. Intimacy is available for every one of us. No matter where you're from, no matter what has taken place in your life, you can have intimacy with God. He's made us family. We showed you what he did those special three days. You have victory over your flesh and or your soul. When you walk in the ways of God, and you allow the Word of God to absolutely overwhelm you with that truth. Last week, <clears throat> we learned what happened on that 50th day after the crucifixion. We learned the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how that the Holy Spirit is in us, and that empowerment is there for us to literally accomplish and succeed in every area of our lives that God called us to. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews 11.6, and we're going to begin a new series. And the series is called, God is what? Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The question is, what does this say? If we're to have faith, what are we to believe? The answer is, He is. Most say He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. This is true also. It is the second thing this verse tells us that we are to believe. But the first thing to believe is that He is. He is what? And that's the question we're going to answer in the next few weeks in this series. According to this verse, he is a rewarder. But if you're going to receive from God, you are having to believe that he is a rewarder. So, here's going to be the premise in this whole series. Does it make a difference doesn't make a difference what you believe about God. Yeah, it does. 
Will your belief what God is affect you in everything that you do? The answer to that is yes also. See, my job in this series, what I sense the Holy Spirit telling me is to explain God. Now let me just tell you, I can take the rest of my life and I can't explain all that God is. But I'm going to show you the attributes of God. The title again is this, God is what? And I want to tell you, it's so important that you know who he is. Whatever you say the what is determines a lot about your success as a Christian. In this world, you must know who he is. Some of us, God is nice, God is kind, God is good. Or you may actually believe God is mean. Or that God is mad. God is mad at you. See, some of us have grown up in church thinking God is mad at you because of what you experience, what you feel. You thought everyone in church is mad. Your parents were mad getting ready to go to church. Sometimes (laughs) they were mad. But here's what your gospel is if you really believe this. God created you to do the right thing. Because you didn't do the right thing, it made God mad. Father God got so mad that he sent his son to teach us to do the right thing. But that didn't work either. So his son left a book to show us how to do the right thing. It's called the Bible, Scripture. But that didn't work either. So now you're afraid because when he comes back, he will really be mad. You say, Pastor, that's, that's kind of simplistic, and I don't believe that. But let me just kind of explain, and let me kind of peel away uh, the outward uh, part of all what I'm trying to explain to you today, and let me encourage you. First, some of us have started off with a wrong supposition, the wrong or an uncertain belief thinking God created you to do something right. That's not why God created you. God created us for relationship. And when you look at who he is, you will begin to see in every aspect of who he is, it is about relating to you and me. So what you believe of God is going to affect your life. And what I'm going to do is, is to make a strong statement now so we all get on the same page. I, I want to bring you wherever you are at in your belief with God. Let me speak to, the, to my church family. Man, I love you. I'm so proud of who you are and what you are accomplishing during this difficult time. But let me explain. We really don't worship God we worship our concept of God in most cases. When we pray to God, we pray to our concept of God. If we think he's nice, we pray to a nice God that he will answer prayer. If we pray to to a God that's mad, then we're trying to repent every single second of our life. 
And I want to tell you, if you are in the presence of God and you get in the presence of God in your worship, what will take place is you will see how wonderful, how great and loving he is that repentance will always be there. See, God just wants to relate with you and to walk with you and let you produce the kingdom of God in your life and everything you touch. We pray to our concept of God. We really don't witness for God. We witness about our concept of God. Some of us, when we worship, are worshiping a kind and a gracious and a merciful God. And how awesome that is, because that's true. But there are some of you I want to speak to you right now. When you get into worship and you, you're sitting here, sometimes you feel like you need to hide. Sometimes your mind is going a hundred different ways because you're thinking that you have to hide from God that he's mad at you. We do worship. We do pray. And we do witness about God. But I want you to understand who he really is. Always remember, your concept of God or what you think he is in your heart really matters. When you listen to the words, when someone comes at you and and wants to uh, refute your belief, what are you saying God is? Let me give you an example. There's a few people here that are helping us uh, produce this. If I said to Richard Martinez that's sitting over here that he's my best friend, but you ask me a question, where does he live? And I say, I don't know. You ask, is he married? I'm not sure, by the way. (laughs) He is. Love you, Elizabeth. Does he have kids? I don't know. Yeah, he does. Where does he work? What does he do? What are his hobbies? What are his likes? What are his dislikes? If I answer, I don't know, to all of the questions, would you believe that he really is my best friend? I don't think you would. So I have some questions for all of you. Where does God live? Where does he work? How does he work? Can you recognize his work? What are God's likes and dislikes? What are God's interests? What are his hobbies? What brings him joy? I think you're kind of getting the picture of where we're going in this series. So let's talk about who he is. Hebrews eleven six 6 again says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is. What are attributes? As we said that word earlier. Most of our English words come from a Latin language. So let's look at the word attribute. At, tribute. It means to... At means to, tribute means something that is bestowed to someone it is due. So attribute means to bestow upon someone it's due. 
So let's go on with this. Now the word tribute comes from the word tribe. And follow me now. Stay with me. The word tribe means the distinct characteristic and the distinct character qualities associated with a group of people descending from one person. Hmm. Like the tribe of Levi, the tribe of Joseph. See, the attributes of God is his distinct character qualities of who and what God is, as Hebrews 11 says, he is. God is what? We will show you God's distinct character qualities that separate God from all other people. But because we are born again, because we are sons and daughters of God, we can actually, when we know those qualities, have this relationship with him in the midst of that character and also begin to walk in those qualities ourselves. So here's something I want you to hear. You and I are part of God's tribe. When we talk about the attributes of God, we're also talking about the attributes of the church. Because the church is a group of people descending from one person. See, the reason why you and I can love is because God is love. And you and I are created in his image and his likeness. The reason you're kind is because a kind God created us. The reason you have faith is because we were created by a faithful God. In Exodus 34, verse 6, this is a story. Remember when uh, Moses asked to see God's glory? And verse 6 says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. See, that's talking about his attributes. The Lord is one of his attributes, his kingship, his lordship. The Lord God describes his sovereignty. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. He's abounding in goodness. And he's abounding in truth. I can be merciful because I serve a merciful God. I can be gracious because I serve a God who is grace. I can be long-suffering. See, don't say, no, that's not the way I am. If, if we say, if I say no, the attribute of God and who he really is, what he is, I can't say I can't do that because I've been created in the image and the likeness of God. And if I'm thinking that way, I need to change. And if you're thinking, oh, I can't forgive that person. I can't do this. I can't handle this anymore. I want to tell you, you can. Because you have come from God. We could be gracious and have goodness. Because we have seen God's glory. Again, the title, God is what? Some of God's attributes is called incommunicable. What that means, 
is basically something that you, it will not be communicated or given to you. You will never be invisible. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hmm. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 53. It says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Well, Scripture tells me, being born again, I am now immortal spiritually. Physically, I will die one day if the Lord tarries. Spiritually, I'm going to live forever. See, the Bible says that God is eternal. That root word means without beginning. We are eternal, and the word that describes us as eternal, this root word means without end. So putting on immortality, it says, I have no end. Only God is without beginning and without end. We are in Christ without end. It's called eternal life. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it speaks of the attributes of God. And in verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit or it could say it this way, but the attributes of the God. What comes out of God, because God is, what is produced from the one He is. In other words, this literally describes who God is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. Church family, you serve a very gentle God. I don't produce these attributes. He is. He is the vine. I am the branch. He is the vine and I am the branch. What I have to do is to know He is these attributes and abide in Him, and these attributes will manifest through me and through you. Go back to verse 19 and see the attributes of Satan. In Galatians 5.19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That has nothing to do with you. That has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with the enemy. So let's look at the first attribute that I want to cover in this series that you must recognize. When you get this, all the at- other attributes will relationally just overflow in your life. 
And you're going to be able to, some of you are saying, man, with all this going on and my job and work and family and I just, I don't know what to do. Fear is wanting to crawl all over me. I want to tell you, when you understand this attribute, every other aspect of who God is, God is what? Will just overflow in your life. Here it is. You ready? God is a person. We need to believe that He is a person. The Bible never refers to God as an it or a thing. In Galatians 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, this is Genesis 1.26, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and we are a person. God is not a human, but God is a person. He has likes and dislikes. He is happy, and he can get sad. He laughs and he cries. He has feelings. He rejoices and he can be grieved. You see, I believe when we worship, it gets him excited. He's just not this ogre God sitting up there. You better worship well. No, he gets excited. I could imagine even the Father talking to Jesus who sits on the right hand of the Father and saying, isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? That pleases God and it makes Him happy. Sometimes He'll even look at at some of you big tough men and you are worshiping and there are tears in your eyes and, and you don't even care what anybody else is thinking. You're just worshiping Him and God is looking down and saying, look at that tough guy. He loves me. Man, I'm so proud of him. God loves. God hates. God forgives. God takes vengeance. That's what a person does. God listens and God talks. Your relationship with God, who is a person, you talk and you listen with him. So many people don't understand that. It's a conversation. That's why I talk to you about that 50th day, the Holy Spirit. When you understand the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have this innate, this spiritual ability to hear God and to talk with God. See, you can't communicate with a force or an it. You can only have a personal relationship with a person. His desire is so strong to relate to all of us. When sin entered the world, he left heaven and he took care of it himself. He didn't send an angel to redeem us. He came in person and his name is Jesus the Christ. It's so personal to him. Let me show you how personal it is. It's personal to him to wake you up in the morning. It's personal to him to walk with you all day long and then literally to kiss you goodnight. See, I have a personal relationship 
with the creator of the universe and it's filled with intimacy with him. Wow. Exodus 20, verse 4, uh, this is the passage of Scripture about the commandments. And the first four commandments is about your relationship with God. And look what verse 4 says. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. God said, don't make a likeness of anything, because that means you're worshiping an inanimate object. Stating, literally God saying this, you're stating, I'm not a person. They made a golden calf. Remember that story? God said, I'm not a cow. You were made in my likeness. Why would you make a carved image of a cow? See, God even hates evolution. Science is saying, I am made out of an animal. Church, I was not made out of an amoeba or a monkey. I was created in the image and the likeness of God, who is a person. Look in the mirror. That's what God looks like. Eyes, ears, and he has a nose and a mouth. When God came to this earth, he did not come as an animal. He came as a man. In Psalm 115, verse 4, I'm sure many of you have read this, but you really didn't see what was being said. So let me explain it to you. This is so cool. I I love this, this passage. Psalm 115, verse 4 through 8 says, Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. God is saying, idols have mouths, but they can't speak to you like I can. They have eyes, but they can't watch you when you go out. They can't watch your children when they go out. God says, I can. God is a person, and he holds children when they are afraid. Some children wake up in the middle of the night And they're afraid. And God will hold them. God sits up with mothers in the middle of the night when they're praying for their children. He cries every time there is a divorce because he is a person and he feels the pain of separation. Psalm 115, this is what he's really saying. He's saying, I do all those things. I talk, I see, I watch, (laughs) I hear, I smell, and I go where you go. Matter of fact, Scripture even tells us 
He goes before you when you hear him and you follow his ways. Verse 8 says, those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. So what this chapter or this passage is saying is they are deaf, they are mute, and blind spiritually. They can't even sense when God speaks or when God moves on their behalf. See, if you worship something other than a person, you won't be able to see, you won't be able to hear, or feel spiritually. And when I say that worship other than a person, I am talking about God. He is what? He's a person. The more you relate to God as a person, the more you can touch others with God's heart and his thoughts. That's the Holy Spirit speaking and and loving you and showing you the character of God. Ezekiel 12, verse 2, confirms this. It says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. That's not valid community. We've walked in the Word of God. Before all this chaos that took place, well, I want to tell you in this chaos, God is tying the knots. It is being put together with the Lord. He's going to take us out of this situation, and we're going to see greater things that we've ever seen before. Because he knows. <laughs> He's a person. He has spoken before to us prophetically. He has heard our cries. He hears. He sees and I want you to recognize rebellion and idolatry close or closes spiritual life. And it happens because you don't see he is as a person. The shortest verse in the Bible is found in John 11, verse 35. It says Jesus wept. He is God and he is a person. He is. Jesus wants to walk with you every step of the way through the Holy Spirit. So God is what? He is a person. Believe in him. If you are sitting on the floor there and you have not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Last week, we gave you the message about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Dan Downey put together an amazing teaching on the Holy Spirit. Go on the webpage and allow yourself to read it over and over and over again. Because in my passion and my heart as pastor is that you would begin to walk in such a relationship with the person of God, and to feel and to know how much he loves you, and to feel and know that he is the God, he is our healer. Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back for your healing. I want to tell you, church, he shed blood. He came as a person, and he shed blood so that you would be saved. 
so that you would be forgiven. Wherever you were at in the past of the way you think of God, stick with us. Continue every week with us because I'm going to describe who he is. God is what? I'm going to describe that to you. And you're going to know God like you have never known him before. It will cause you to rise up. It will cause you to be able to minister to your family, to your friends, your coworkers when you get back to work. In Jesus' name, I pray for you. I think about you every day. I miss you. I miss you so much. And I believe God, the person of Christ, the Holy Spirit, misses us gathering together in church because that's what he wanted. But until that day comes, continue to worship God, continue to stay in the word of God, and to continue to seek and to know God. In Jesus' name, I believe for great things in all the homes represented. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we pray this in the the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you.